Good morning, good morning. It is so good to be back here with you guys, all of you, especially Zach Nunes. No, with all of you, really, it's lovely to be back. Um, and it's nice that I get to sit up here and take my mask off for a bit. <laughs> Sorry, all of you down there. Um, I wonder whether some of you went away um, over these last days. I know some people went up, managed to get up to Queensland and managed to sneak back in or get back in um, and only take a test and all that. And some of you went to Western Australia, I know, and to the Grampians. And some of us stayed um, right where we were. But you know, I was with you in spirit. Wherever you were, I was with you. I had warmth, I had adventure, and I had staying at home with lots of children. I wasn't with you at all, was I? I wonder whether it would have made it better for you if I was with you. Maybe, maybe not at all. I think those that actually were with me weren't that excited to be with me very much, but never mind. I was very helpful with lifts and food and lighting fires and things like that. Hey, Sam? (laughs) No, it was good. But what if Jesus was with us? What if Jesus was with us right now and while we were away and while we were at home and all those things. Jesus, who knows exactly what it is to be human and yet has this perspective which is way beyond our own. Jesus, who knows what it is to live with limitations and yet has a power that is beyond our wildest imaginings. Jesus, who knows what it is to be rejected, knows what it is to be alone and accused. And yet, without hesitation, he offers love. Love that is wider and higher and deeper and truer than any love we can ever experience or fully understand. What if Jesus was with us who is and offers love and hope? and truth, and peace. What if he was with us? I reckon life would be better. At the end of Jesus' three years on earth, he gathered his followers together, and he said to them, I'm going. I'm not going to be with you very much longer. And obviously, they were devastated. They had been living life day and night the whole time with him for three years and growing in number of more that would, that would follow along and be part of that. For three years they were with him and he says he's going. And he says, and you can't come where I'm going. Everywhere he's been, he's invited them along. But they can't go. They were devastated. It would not have necessarily always felt easy to be with Jesus. It would not have always necessarily felt safe to be with Jesus. But they knew that it was better. And here he was saying that he was leaving them and they couldn't go. But then he comforts them and he says, but actually it's better for you if I go. Because if I go, then I will send your Holy Spirit that we're exploring in this series. I will send the Holy Spirit and that will be my presence with you. My presence with you anywhere. My presence with you always. And it is better for you. 
This morning, we're continuing this series with a much bigger gap than we anticipated, but we're back into it, our wonderful spirited series. Let me get that up there. Is that up there? Brilliant. It is already. Um, And this morning, we're looking at the idea of scattered. Scattered meaning occurring or found at intervals or various locations rather than altogether. Because we're looking at this book of Acts, as Troy said, in the Bible. So after Jesus has died and risen again and ascended, it's the next book. And it tells us all about what happened to those followers in the early days, afterwards, the early years. And so far, up until the bit that we're looking at, they've all been gathered together in Jerusalem. And they've been growing in number and growing in number, but they've very much been together in one place. Until one day in particular... And that's the day when the first follower of Jesus was killed for his faith, Stephen. And the moment that happened, there was this scattering because the believers knew it was time to get out of there. But they didn't run away and hide. Let's see what it says in Acts. It says, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem And all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Because one of the main opponents, there was a guy, Saul, that we'll no doubt hear more about later on. There was a guy, Saul, and he was determined he was going to stamp out this faith. So if he heard there were followers of Jesus living in that house, he would go to the house and drag out the men and the women from the house, the mums, the dads, drag them off and put them in prison. And so they scattered. But they didn't just run and hide, we're told. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. In trying to stamp out these new flames of faith, they stamped on them and the embers spread and caught fire in other places. I love this image. How good is this? We've had some amazing images recently, I reckon. And this one, I absolutely love, of a dandelion. I don't know whether you get many in your garden. I get a lot of dandelions in my garden. And when they look like this, which I call clocks. Do you call those? Is that clocks, what they're called? Yeah. When they go all seedy. When you're trying to weed them and they look like that, how scary is it? Because if you know a puff of, if a puff of wind's going to come or if you accidentally knock them against something, off those little seeds go to make new dandelions somewhere else. It's not good, so you have to be super careful. And yet that is what they did in trying to oppose this new faith. They knocked this dandelion seed and scattered it throughout areas. And this good news of Jesus spread They couldn't stop it. And today we're going to look at the story, the very first story that's recorded of what happened after the scattering. And we meet a man named Philip because he is the one that has been scattered in this occasion. We read, Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. These believers in scattering didn't necessarily feel safe or that life would be easy for them. But they certainly knew that with God's Holy Spirit in them and with the good news of Jesus, that life was better. We heard last time, um, a few weeks ago now, in the first of this series, of that moment when the Holy Spirit at Pentecost just fell upon the believers in fire and this incredible wind that went through 
this house that they were staying in, and that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. We heard how many, many um, joined um, the faith. They believed too. And there's a lot of um, those people being filled with God's Spirit at that moment. It is a really good story. Acts chapter 2. If you haven't read it ever, or you haven't read it for a while, it is definitely worth um, looking at. So do that at some point. But after that, because we're looking at, oh, hang on, let me sort my glass. So we're looking at, I've got to that stage. <laughs> we're looking at um, a story in Acts chapter 8. So obviously stuff has happened between Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 8. So some of the things that happen are Peter then speaks to the crowd, and it's incredible, this message that he gives them. And thousands of people believe. They form this incredible um, group of believers where they share life. They share everything together. There's incredible generosity. Peter heals a crippled beggar, and then he preaches and is arrested and warned, don't you preach anymore about Jesus. Stamp it out, stamp it out. And the believers pray, give us courage so we can preach more and more. There's a rather shocking story of when Jesus shows them, you need to be honest before me. Many, many people through the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the believers are healed. Many. They face more opposition. They're arrested, set free by an angel, arrested again, beaten, told, do not preach. There's disgruntledness in the community. Not all the widows are getting the same amount of food. So they appoint seven men um, that will sort it out. And they sort it out. And then Stephen is arrested. And Stephen preaches uh, this incredible message, and they're all amazed at his wisdom. And then he accuses them, you are the ones that killed Jesus. And so they take him out of the city, and they kill him. And this persecution heart starts, and the um, followers spread then. And here we are at the story that we're looking at today. And it's concerning Philip. Now, Philip was actually one of the seven men that were um, appointed to sort out this disagreement about which widows had enough food and which didn't have enough food. So we already know that he is well-respected, that he is full of the Holy Spirit, and we know um, that he has incredible wisdom because he is appointed. And he arrives in Samaria. Samaria is the place where the Samaritans live, And there has been this hostility between the Samaritans and the Jews for hundreds of years. And yet this is where he finds himself. Where do you find yourself at the moment through your days? At work? School? Uni? Traveling somewhere? In the shops? Walking your dogs? As many places we find ourselves. And Philip finds himself in a city Samaria. So let's read what happens. I'm going to read it to you from the Bible. Chapter 8 of Acts. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs that he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. 
a man named Simon, had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone, from the least to the greatest, often spoke, spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, for they'd only been baptized in the name of Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be brought. You can have no part in this, for your heart is not right. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts. For I can see that your heart is full of bitter jealousy and you are held captive by sin. Pray for me, exclaimed Simon, that these terrible things that you've said won't happen to me. And that's the end of the story. And we know what Philip does next. I think we're going to be hearing about that next week. And we know that Peter and John head back down to Jerusalem, stopping on their way to tell people as they went all about Jesus. And we have no idea what the end of the story for Simon is. I don't know. There's little stories that are told, but we don't really know what happened to him. But we know exactly what's happening in him at the moment. So as we read, these amazing things are happening in Samaria. The people are hearing this fantastic story of Jesus. And they're believing Philip because not only is he telling them this amazing story, but he's doing these amazing things to show he has authority. People who are lame and paralyzed get up and walk. People who are bound by darkness and evil, we're told they have evil spirits, are set free from this. No wonder there is great joy in the city of Samaria. And we read that the two of the apostles and the apostles stayed in Jerusalem here, that there's things going on up in Samaria. So Peter and John travel up to sea. And when they get there, they're amazed. But they also recognize that the actual new believers haven't received the Holy Spirit. And so every single one of them, they place their hands on and these people receive the Holy Spirit. One little side point here is that I love that when we read about how people receive the Holy Spirit, it is different in different parts of the Bible. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just falls on people as they believe. Sometimes it's um, as hands are placed on them. Sometimes it's not because the Holy Spirit is personal and he does it how he wants to do it and how it is best. There is no formula that we say, do this and this will happen I love freedom 
of the Holy Spirit in us. Excuse me. What an incredible gift these people in Samaria are offered. They get to believe in Jesus. All that Jesus offers them, a cleansing deep in them from all the wrongs that they've done, from all the wrong that has been done to them, that they can be set free from sin and death forever if they believe in Jesus. And then on top of this, they have this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit being offered them, the personal presence of Jesus with them always. For these people, life will not go on to be easy or safe necessarily, believing in Jesus at that time. And yet they know that it is better. It is much better. And we met Simon in the story, our other character. And he sees and he hears and he believes and he's baptized and he's probably receives the Holy Spirit as the apostles place their hands on him. But we're told his heart was not right. In Jewish culture, I love um, what they um, understood as heart. Um, I've, I've heard that there was no word for mind um, in Jewish ancient is um, Hebrew, uh, because it was all meant to be based on the heart. In your heart, you had emotion. In your heart, your desires were stirred up. In your heart was your thoughts and your understanding. The heart really was um, the center of your existence. And we're told that Simon's heart wasn't right. As the personal presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, comes and lives within us, a lifetime of transformation and restoration begins. And Philip and Peter and John had for years been experiencing uh, this transformation, this restoration within them. But Simon, he gets the Holy Spirit. He's experienced incredible power before. And without a moment to experience transformation or change, or heart being set right. He wants to be able to give this power to other people. He hasn't had a moment to learn humility or patience. He wants the power. And so Peter responds strongly to him. You can have no part in this. We do not want your money. You can't be part of this. And we don't know what happens next. God's offer of the Holy Spirit is exactly the same today. No better, no worse. The Holy Spirit is the same today. If we choose to believe in and follow Jesus, this gift of the very real presence of Jesus with us is on offer to us. And I love the way that God doesn't then invade us with his Holy Spirit that his Holy Spirit comes gently, that we're not in an instant turned into perfect people. We may not recognize ourselves if that happens, that he is kinder and gentler. And over time, he transforms us and restores us and gives us power. I loved how in Kaz's video, before Carolyn's video, um, she shared about the walk with Jesus, the walk with the Holy Spirit, that it's a day-to-day, getting up in the morning, going through her day, talking to Jesus. 
allowing the Holy Spirit to be within her and through her to other people. It was fantastic that he will gently and powerfully be at work within us. So what about us? Here are the places that we go through our days. What about us? I long to see more and more of the power of the Holy Spirit in me, transforming me, restoring me, and out through me. I long that for us, too, that we will all experience that. I was walking my dogs the other day at a different time than normal, at sunset. I don't like to be out in the dark. Um, But I was walking at sunset, and there was this stunning sunset. And I did my usual, oh, I wish my house faced west, because I would love to see the sunsets um, every night, but my house faces, I don't know, not west, some other direction. (laughs) And, um, And then I turned the corner. And I came to the top of our court, and from the top of the court, you see pretty much the view that I get from my kitchen window. And um, there's this valley, and then on the other side of the valley, there's a reserve. And as I came around the corner um, into my court, uh, the, the trees in this reserve, it was like they were on fire. They weren't on fire. But the light that was shining on them, all the incredible colors of the sunset were just beautifully reflected off these trees. And I just sort of paused momentarily before being dragged in different directions um, and, um, and was looking at them. And I just thought for a moment, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to be. I want to be like that in the world. I want to reflect beautifully Jesus into the world around me all the time so that there is transformation and restoration in me and in those that I am with so that there is power in me and power in those around me too. I want it for you and me too that as I look at you, I see um, the light of Jesus reflected and actually I do in so, so many of you. The more we seek God, the more we spend time with God, the more we are open to him and allow him to be at work in us, transforming us, restoring us, being um, willing just to be open. The more we will encounter him, the more we will know him and experience him. And in the places that we go, in the shops, in the schools, in our workplaces, In all these places that we go down the park, there can be joy. Not fake joy, but deep, deep joy. Because life can flourish around us. I meet fortnightly um, with two other women and... um, As we gather, uh, we pause and we listen to God for people. So we have a list of names of people we're listening for. And then we um, chat a lot. And then we're quiet and we listen to God. And we say, God, what do you want to say um, to me for this person and this person and this person? And as we met on this Wednesday, just gone, uh, one of the women said, oh, I've just finished my second notebook. And, um, And so we stop for a minute and we try to work out how long we've been meeting. And I don't think we actually managed to do that. Um, on Wednesday, but I went home and counted on my fingers. And this particular lady and I have been meeting for 10 years um, doing this. And somebody else has just uh, uh, very soon after that joined us. 
And there has not been one time that we've met. Sometimes one of us has just watched a big movie or read a book or something and we're, or we're tired and, and we may say, actually, I didn't get anything. But there has not been one week when we have not known that God has spoken us. That most, most of the time, all of us, sometimes two of us, there has not been one time when we have not experienced the Holy Spirit showing us things for these people that we've been able to pass on. On the other fortnight, I meet much a newer group uh, with two other women, and we invite different women from the community to come and be prayed for. Women, if you would like that, let us know. We have got a bit of a waiting list, but we'll get you on it. And it is amazing And every single time we meet, we see the power of God in people's lives, being set free from things, um, having truths, new truths revealed, all sorts of things. But we see the Holy Spirit, the very personal presence of Jesus at work in us, bringing restoration, bringing transformation. I would like to see many, many more physical healings. I don't know about you, but I would like to see the paralyzed getting up and walking. I would like to see the blind having their eyes open, those with eye conditions being healed. I would like to see the deaf being able to hear. I would like to see those with cancer uh, being miraculously healed. And we see tiny, tiny, tiny bits of it. I want to see more, much, much more of this. I often do pray for people and I wondered whether sometimes when I don't, it's because I'm concerned about people being disappointed in God or maybe me. I don't know. I've got a lot of work to do, a lot of wrestling in this lifetime of work with the Holy Spirit to work it out because I do know the mysteries of God's ways baffle me sometimes. They do. I know that life with God is better I know it. I know that it's not always easy, but I am baffled sometimes. But I know that God is good, and I want to see more and more of him at work. Maybe you have a situation you can think of. Um, As Troy was asking us in the pause earlier, where you would love to see God come and restore in some way or transform in some way. Maybe you yourself would like to experience more of God, whether it's restoration, transformation, power. Won't necessarily mean life will be easier or feel safer, but boy, it will be better. The trees that I saw as I came into my court that reflected magnificently the sunset were still the same trees that have been there for years and years. They were just the same trees. As the Holy Spirit comes and does his work inside of us, we will still be truly us. He loves who he made you to be. He made you to be you because he wants you to be you. And that will not change. But we will be restored and transformed as his Holy Spirit comes. New community, as we're open to God's Holy Spirit, 
will still be new community because God made us and loves us and we will still be, and I still have to look at the values on a piece of paper, authentic and accessible and generous and relevant. We will be that as we seek God and are open to him. We're going to have a time of pause. Thank you, Craig. Come on up. I'd like you, um, I'd love to invite you. Um, we're just going to pause for a moment and Craig will pray to imagine yourself holding your heart because our hearts matter as we seek God. You might want to put your hands like this. You don't have to. You can keep your hands exactly where they are. But you might want to just um, hold your hands in your lap and just for a moment imagine that you're holding your heart because our hearts are where um, the center of who we are. It may be um, that you're listening in today, here or somewhere else, and you actually um, don't even know that you've chosen to follow Jesus. You're so welcome just to listen in. But you're also welcome maybe to go, Jesus, I don't even know if you're real or true, but as I just put my hands like this or don't, um, that you will show yourself to me, please, oh God, if you are real and true. But can I invite you just to be open now And we're going to talk to God. Because God's presence is with us. Jesus himself is with us. So God, we thank you for this incredible gift of life, of knowing Jesus. Jesus, we want to know you more. Come, Holy Spirit, that we may know you more, Jesus. We thank you for this incredible gift. God, you know our hearts. You know if uh, we long to see restoration. You know the areas that need transformation. God, if now is the time for you to show us, will you just show us which parts of our heart you want to work on? Thank you that we don't work on that alone, that it is with you all the way, with your transforming power in us. You know our areas where we are broken and need you to restore us. Please come, restore us. God, you know the parts of our hearts that maybe are nervous about um, opening our lives to you, Holy Spirit. Show us if this is true of us, Lord God. What would you say to us, God, about those fears that we have? Thank you that love always wins that love comes first that it is all about you loving us and us loving you 
and your love pouring out wider and wider like the seeds of the dandelion and into the world around us. So as we sit with our hearts before us, we say, come Holy Spirit. Come.